This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of All Things X. I am your host, Dr. Chikaya Ellis Robertson. Through panel discussions, interviews, and commentary with academics, practitioners, and insights professionals, this show is loaded with tidbits and tips on the measurement, practice, and study of experience. Thanks for tuning in. I am so excited to be here today with the Eliza Jacobs. I am so excited, Eliza. I met you um, when we both served on a panel earlier this year on why we need equitable insights. And we did that for the Insights Association. It was a fun and lively discussion. And I think all of us really felt like the discussion could go on and on. So guess what? We made that happen. We're gonna go on and on with that discussion. So I'm glad to have you here today. Um, it, uh, it really couldn't, right? We couldn't go on and on that day, but today we have that opportunity and I'm so grateful that you decided to go along with me and extend that conversation right here on All Things X. So I immediately connected with Eliza, um, on your thoughts and how we can get to the next level with our research and what's changing and how do we need to pivot? So your ambitions and your goals as it relates to becoming more aware of how and why we need equitable insights. Truly, and I know this sounds cliche, it truly spoke to my soul. So I'm really excited to just continue that conversation and pick your brain a little bit more um, with me and some of the bunch of listeners that I hope will be tuning into this. So thanks for being here. Did you want to say anything before we jump in? Uh, yeah, well, thanks for having me. I mean, it's uh, it's great to be with you. I'm excited to to continue the conversation. I joke that we needed like a two hour session for that conversation, and uh, I don't think we'll be going an extra two hours here, but at least we have some time to dig in a little bit more to this these questions and issues. Absolutely, and I'm excited about it. So, leaving that panel that we talked about a couple months ago, <clears throat> and preparing for this talk, you talked about the need to change the way you do research at PBS. Tell me more about what that really means, and what now do you do differently? Sure. So, um, and I've mentioned this in a few sort of chats I've had with with people that. Um, Last summer, PBS made some strategic and operational changes, pretty significant ones, partially driven by disruptions caused by COVID, but I think also partially as a result of the rapidly changing media industry and landscape, right? It keeps changing and no one can keep up. Um, and the rate of change is so fast. And, and I think we do need to do things differently internally just to try to keep up, which is, it is a tall task, um, especially when you're in, we work in public media, right? And we don't have endless... Uh, uh, budgets and things like that. So, uh, one of the outcomes of those changes last summer, and perhaps you know, casualties if you want to call it that, are, are was the elimination of what I was using as my primary research tool or resource, um, which was our own proprietary insights community that we called our PBS Viewer Panel. So, it took a while to phase out, but as of now, um, I do not have access access to those nine thousand plus community members who provided feedback to PBS for over 10 years, some of them, they just, we'd had this community for, I think, 13 years or something like that. And so, wow. it, yeah, it was great. Obviously it was heavily utilized because of course we, we paid licensing fees, but our internal clients, they could just come to us and be like, oh, we want to test 
this, you know, marketing concept or whatever it is. And we could, we could do it really easily and really fast. So um, I think while the feedback we got from that group um, was always valuable and useful, it also felt at times like it was an echo chamber um, because these are people that are heavily engaged with the PBS brand. And so they get our stuff, right? They know us. Um, they're easier for us to reach than the people who are not. And I'd also say that the demographics of the community skewed more towards our traditional PBS consumers. So, so, or and more t traditional TV viewers. So someone who watched TV through the television glass, like at the time of premiere, um, older, more female, more Caucasian. Obviously we need to reach and appeal to people that are not just those, those people. They are very important because those are our core consumers, but also with you look at how, how the changing demographics of the US, it's, it, and it's harder to reach people because the media landscape is just so cluttered. We needed to find ways to, to do, test things differently. So in many ways, um, it's been freeing to actually have considered doing things differently and have more opportunity to try some new things and take a more kind of flexible approach to research, which also helps us target you know, different pockets of the population um, better in our research. That's a lot. You changed a lot. And I, I would imagine, you know, I'm trying to set up a panel now and the, the, the convenience that I'm anticipating, you've just articulated the value of. So I'm looking forward to getting there. And I'm, I'm really sorry that you don't have access to that anymore, because I can imagine that saves so many different steps right in the research process. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Now, you know, you have to get sample every time, right? So that, right. that is one big sort of uh, aspect of all of this that I didn't have to, to really think about it as much. So um, yeah, I mean, it, the convenience isn't in there anymore, but I also have to be responsive to the yeah. way we are doing things differently. Um, and, you know, the sort of different strategies I think that we have as a company going forward. So yeah. Well, wait, you know, you're going to make it happen. I know I can tell you are resilient. You are resilient. So research is research. I mean, even though the insights community is always innovating and coming up with new ways to gather information um, from our respondents, it's really all the same process, right? Or, or is it? Have, have your stakeholders noticed a difference in the insights that you now serve up differently due to the fact that you had to pivot and how you, how you do things there? Yeah. So, you know, I think in the end, there are things that are still the same, right? I still need to provide data to help people make a decision. So that has not changed. How we get there is, is different. Um, and I'm fortunate in that many of my colleagues trust my judgment. So when I recommend a, an approach or an outside research partner, you know, they, they trust that I, uh, well, I guess know what I'm talking about, but also have sort of vetted that partner, right? I think it would be a good fit for the project mm -hmm. and, and for PBS. Um, you know, are they going to get in the weeds about survey programming and stuff like that? No, that's just not, that's, that's, they've got other things to do and that's my job. So, um, you know, I think some of the things we've tried in the last several months, um, you know, taking different sort of approaches to, to doing things, it has been an adjustment because change is hard and people are not good at, at change, you know, right? So when, if I say, well, just because we used to do it this way, we can do it similarly, but it's not going to be the same. And part of it is driven, can be driven by cost. Um, and so I have to say, okay, like maybe we're not going to ask people to look at these four um, print ad concepts or something like that. We're, like all, look at all of them. We're going to do, you know, sort of like each 
250 people look at one and then, you know, and so, but the data are still going to be valuable and helpful. It's just a different way of, of doing it because now we have to manage costs or an approach dif differently. Um, one of the things that I did with sort of talking to some new potential partners is I, I scheduled demos for invited people from our, you know, marketing team and created services team to say, Hey, you know, take a look at this. If we were to test, um, you know, a video promo or something using this platform, do you like, and this is what the sort of output, right? The data reporting might look like, will this work for you? Because I, then I was able to get some buy-in to the process there. Now, not everyone's going to do that. Like not everyone right. out there is going to be able to have that done. But for me, um, just because there are some really interesting options out there now with some sort of automated reporting and things like that, I knew mm -hmm. in particular some people would be really interested in that. So I brought them into it. Um, you know, and the other things that we're really trying to focus on just when you're looking at sort of like the, the data side and the reporting side is, you know, we always need to understand what does it really mean? Okay, this is a number, but how does it compare to something, you know, a previous PBS program or, you know, a previous Ken Burns documentary or whatever, whatever it is, um, or, you know, a previous um, like title test we did for a potential new show because it, things in isolation you can't always understand what they really mean at that at that point. Um, how does it compare potentially to some competitor information? That's hard to get, but you know if we can look at sort of benchmarks across the media industry, that can be helpful too. Um, any comparisons we can do is just it's it's really Im important and helps people understand the context better. Okay, makes sense because you know you have to you're changing methods, you're changing expectations. Um, what has the response been to those changes? Um, it's generally been really positive. I mean, I I think that um, people appreciate. Uh, maybe I've just because I've um, <laughs> applauded this, you know, this aspect of things where it's just easier on me, right? So I'm not maybe reinventing the wheel. It's just the programming is easier. That that's taking less time. So actually, I can get things up and running in some ways. Um, you know, really quickly, um, the fact that in sometimes I can share, you know, links to sort of the data as they come in, so they can mm -hmm. be involved in that. So they're not like, mm -hmm. what's happening? Um, you know, that, you know, sort of like taking, opening the lid a little bit on that mysterious process of data collection. Um, right. So it's, it's been, it's been positive. I mean, it, you know, as I said, it, change can be really hard when you're used to doing things a certain way and when they're used to, okay, this is the process. But um, I think that we, we feel pretty positive about how we've been doing things and, and going forward. I think, you know, it'll be, it'll, it'll be good. People, people trust that I'm going to get done what they need and that I've can get creative in making sure that we do it and in a cost-effective way. Absolutely. That's we are public uh, broadcasting. <laughs> that's right. All about the dollar or saving said dollar. So we talked about smart. You gotta be yeah, smart about right. the dollar. Yeah. You do have to be smart about the dollar. And um, any way you can infuse technology into that process is always helpful and, and tends to tends to help with the dollar. So we talked about getting people and for people, for us, that means our research stakeholders to have a more open mindset about how we create insights. It sounds like you have kind of nailed a, a really effective formula on your end on that. But how has how you make decisions about data and the content that you serve up on PBS changed over the last six months? 
um, are there different decisions that have to be made now? I mean, you did cover a little bit, a little bit about this earlier, but take our research, for example, now that we're looking to widen our own perspective on DEI topics here that we can cover, <clears throat> we have to consider samples that are more robust and allow us to research along intersectionality lines. Our leaders are very open to this which gives us the latitude to create much more meaningful insights. What types of decisions have you had to make lately? And how would you tie this into the experience for your viewers? So, you know, I, I do not work in content, so I, I don't have any control of that. But I will say, I think generally as a company, um, you know, we're being, and I, I think this is kind of many companies are doing this, right? Like more deliberate with the content that we acquire or produce to make sure that it, and we always are deliberate, but, but particularly right. in light of sort of what we've all experienced in the last say year, you know, social change, things like that, um, that it reflects and celebrates the diversity of the U S and, you know, really the world. Um, and obviously as America's public broadcaster, that's part of our mission, right. Is to, is to, mm -hmm. uh, share content and programming that we you know believe reflects the diversity of, of this country um and the intersectionality of this country so um you know one of the things we need to do is to make make consumers or viewers aware of this content but also make sure it appeals to them and so you know do they see themselves and their local communities in our content if if we do and that's a question we've started um and questions like that we started integrating basically into most of our um sort of or a lot of our, our surveys is, you know, does, does this content seem like, do you see yourself in it? Do you see your family, do you see your friends? Because, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's important because if you don't see it for yourself, see it, you know, then you're like, well, why would I watch? Right. I mean, that's right. kind of one of those things. So, um, you know, in my role, I'm being very intentional about, for example, sample and how we balance sample. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if in a certain project we want, uh, we always want representation, right? If we're doing a general population study, of course we want balance the census or whatever it is, but maybe we want to boost a little bit in some uh -huh. group, whatever right. it may be. Um, and I think that's important, but you also have to be careful about, you know, frankly, not going overboard and just throwing a lot more people <laughs> in there because uh, no, because then it's, it's sort of, sort of becomes like a special interest group, right? You're like, uh -huh. Oh, we oversampled for whatever group. And now we've got this many people in there. And then I think it can, you know, and it can affect the analysis. I mean, you can get into stuff like waiting and stuff, but we're not, we're not going there, but, um, you know, and I actually have had this conversation with colleagues. We'll be like, well, we want to make sure that it's, a, if it's a sample of a thousand, we want X percent, say like African-American or something like that. And I'll be like, this is what the census is. I understand mm -hmm. the boost, but you don't, you just don't want to make it so that it's so artificial. Mm -hmm. It's just, you, then you're just checking a box and saying, well, we had this many people in there, right? Um, right. Another thing that we're really paying a lot of attention to is who we um, partner with and external partners, right, for research projects. So I had an experience um, last fall, I was working on a project um, and I was really happy with the, the vendor, the firm that we chose. I had worked with them before. I think they're really great, do great work. And it was interesting, someone said, someone who's not really involved in the project, but, but said, oh, I looked on this company's website and I see only white people, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, that was really eye-opening to me. I was mm -hmm. like, wow, so like, I know there are not only white people that work at this, this company, but that's right. something, right? Like if you're not, if you're kind of just like tangentially involved in something and you just want to find out more about whomever it is, and that's how you, your resource, I mean, that's, that's something that it just really, 
to me, it was eye-opening and made me realize that I need to do a good, good job of clearly communicating who we're working with when we're partnering with someone outside, why, what the makeup of their teams are. Cause, because if we're, you know, talking about, I'm going to say PBS kids, for example, we know our audience demographics there. We want to make sure that, right. Like we have, everyone understands those audience demographics and like can speak, you know, if we're doing maybe interviews or something and we want to do it with some people who are Spanish speaking, right. Like we need to make sure that that company is capable of doing that. Things like that. I'm just using that as an example. So, um, you know, really making sure that our external partners align with the PBS value system, because we want our content and our external partnerships to reflect the brand brand attributes that we hope uh, the American people see, see in us. Yeah, that comment struck a chord because you have companies and leaders in those companies saying we value diversity. And then you're right. I've done that exercise. Where are the non-white people on your website? Well, we have them. They're somewhere, right? But it's not just that you have the diversity in the company. Is it in leadership? Is right. it in decision-making roles? I would imagine what you're tasked with in, in trying to resonate, you know, content or, or testing things it has to consider people's perspectives that 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 like you say you connect with right yeah you can't connect if you don't know how to connect and you don't know where the connection points are so i love that that just took me off in another place because i hear that a lot and i think that's the that's the litmus test right you you care about diversity but where is it like, how can i see it i don't see it on any of your public properties so that was interesting no yeah i mean i think you it, it's basically don't just give lip service to it, right? That's like right. show, show That's that you right. really care about it. And here are the ways. It's very simple. I mean, go, if, if someone at PBS is going to a website to look at the sort of leadership team, that is a very simple exercise, right? Yeah. And so you want to make sure then it should, but anyway, it was a great project, worked out well, but that to me was like a real learning moment. Yeah, um, professionally. So yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, and I hear it over and over again. So we are... Wow, I, the time flies when I'm talking with you. Uh, we could go on and on. I know, again and again. But we are not going to go on and on today. We, um, I really just wanted to deep, you know, kind of take another click in with the conversation with you on equitable insights because I knew you were doing some interesting things, doing things differently. You've had to pivot in the pandemic with research. So just sharing all those perspectives and what you did and how you do it, did it was very, very insightful. So we're at the time now where we're talking about our takeaways. If you could leave us with the three main takeaways just regarding how you've been doing research lately and how you make sure that you are dialing up all the experiences and truths from the people that you're researching, what would you want our listeners to walk away with? So I have three things right now that are perhaps not totally related to each other, but they're kind of my uh, guiding, guiding principles. They could change, right? I don't know. And next year they could change. But for now, it's one thing is, right, I've learned from experience, just be open to trying new approaches because you don't know when things are going to change, but this can also, that can really help you uncover insights uh, in new and different ways that you hadn't previously considered, right? I had no idea a year ago how things were going to change for me, but they did. And after I got over my like minor panic attack, then I was like, okay, like this is a moment to embrace a way of doing things differently. Um, and so, as I said before, it was kind of freeing in that respect. Um, the second thing is that I always try to keep in mind is never lose sight of the problem you're trying to solve or the question or questions you're trying to answer. We know scope can get way out of control on projects. So for me, I always try to go back to 
are these questions you want to throw into a questionnaire? Are they actually going to help you solve this problem or answer this question? If they're not, then they're a nice to have. If we have room for it, okay. If not, goodbye. They're done. They're out of there. Um, and then the final thing is, this is just my sort of life lesson. Don't, don't tell other people how to do their jobs. I personally do not enjoy it when people tell me sort of what I should be doing. It rarely happens, but you know, if you sort of feel like you, we all have our own area of expertise, mm -hmm. I trust other people. I have no idea the, how to market a PBS show. I mean, I'm not an expert in marketing or content distribution or anything like that. I let other people handle that. I will just give them the data to help them make the decision. Mm -hmm. On the other side, I hope they trust that the recommendations I make for an approach or whatever are, are they'll be like, okay with those because that's my area of expertise. I love it. Eliza, that was awesome. That was great. And I really, really, re the second one really resonates with me. Never lose sight of the problem. What we tend to do is throw a bunch of questions in the survey, you know, especially if it's not guided by hypotheses, which we should never do that anyway. And then you're like, we got all this stuff, but where is the story, right? Well, how are yeah. we anchoring? What's the narrative and how is it feeding that? So I love that because that's so easy to do. It's easy to stray away from the whole point. So with that, I want to thank you for leaving those fantastic nuggets for taking some time out. We're not going to tell the people that it took us about six tries to get the interview scheduled, but, but, we, but did we're here. we did it. We did it. We are so excited. It was we so fun. It was. So thank you so much. And um, I appreciate the time. And we will meet again, I'm sure, on our research insight circuit. Thanks, can't wait. Eliza. Maybe it'll be in person. Yeah, I can't wait. Thanks. Awesome. Take care. You have a Thanks. good one. You too. Thanks for listening to this episode of All Things X. Please subscribe and share. Until next time, this is your host, Dr. Chakaya Ellis-Robertson. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.